Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hello, this is Tanisha, host of Wine School Dropout. I am so excited to be back. Thanks to your donations, we're bringing you a season two that goes beyond Wine 101 and takes you behind the scenes with wine folks around the world. So many things have happened in the world since last season. So this time around, we wanted to go a little further, highlighting the voices and work of people that share something in common with me, people of color, working in the wine business. Whether they are crafting a wine in a country not their own or building a wine brand around their own culture, everyone featured in this season has a unique perspective on our wine school dropout mantra. Wine is for all. I'm so excited to share these fascinating wine stories all from people of color. Welcome to this season of Wine School Dropout, Wine Around the World Edition. We've heard that red wine goes with red meat and white wine with like fish, but is that all there is? What about the myriad of flavors out there? What about spices? Mandy Mason, wine ambassador of Be Inclusive Hospitality in London, talks about diversity in flavors and why wine needs to embrace other types of food and styles of cooking. What wine pairs with garam masala, for example? Well. Listen closely and find out. Hello, Mandy. How are you? Hi, I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me. So I want to start with this. Who are you and what do you do? So I am Mandy Mason. And what do I do? That's a really interesting question. And I'm going to like go back to what I did do. So prior to COVID, I worked in the sports hospitality arena. Um, my job was marketing manager for food and beverage. And I looked after the food and beverage marketing across 15 horse racing courses in the UK, um, which is really, really interesting. Um, and I don't know if you've ever been to races in the UK, you get every kind of level of hospitality at the races. So you get, you know, the lads coming in for a couple of pints and then you get like princess, you know, Anne coming in for dinner. Like it's everything okay. in between. <laughs> so you have Michelin star restaurants in there that are popped up like three days. I'm selling the most amount of Guinness that's ever sold at one event within the same event, but just in a different place. So it's insane. It's massive. And, you know, 50% of my sales were drinks. Um, 
and 50% was food. And we had a exec chef looking after the food side, but no one was really handling the drink side overall. Um, and being in marketing, it kind of fell on my lap a couple of years ago. Um, so I was then, you know, learning about drinks in various different forms, whether that's spirits, non-alcoholic drinks, um, wine, and wine became such a big thing because wine is ever-changing in how we're drinking, what we're drinking, what we're drinking with, when we're drinking, you know, seasonal, etc. And at the time, I knew a bit about wine and I was interested, um, but I didn't know enough to be, you know, curating and managing multiple different wine lists in multiple different restaurants. So I got put on a WESET course or a WSET course, um, did my level two, absolutely loved it, did my level three or doing my level three um, and just started my wine journey really from that because I was working with amazing suppliers from all across the world, whether that was like um, the guys at Gallo um, with some amazing vineyards I've got in the US, um, looking at Prosecco suppliers, so going over to Italy and spending time with them and things. And I was just in a really fortunate position to um, be looking after this such vast portfolio of wines and drinks and everything. Um, and it just piqued my interest and love for wine completely. So that's what I did. I then got made redundant in co because of COVID, which wasn't great, um, but I've kept my interest in wine. Um, I also, love doing things really passionate about diversity and hospitality industry um and so before even before covid i just started talking to lorraine who runs bayman hospitality um and started working with her to see how i can support on diversifying the industry um at every level so yeah, so I then became the wine ambassador for Bayman Hospitality, which is kind of a job I gave myself, which is really cool. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Give it to yeah. yourself, make it up, whatever you have to do to get it. Yeah, but it's, you know, it's worked. It's uh, wine's such a big part of hospitality, but it's not all of it. Um, and so I'm, I kind of look after the wine side of Bayman Hospitality. And, you know, as, as you were one of my lovely pa panelists, Nisha, you were on the Colour of Wine series which just was amazing. Um, so if you haven't seen that series, there's three part series and we interviewed people of color in the wine industry from various different backgrounds. Tanisha was one of my lovely panelists mm -hmm. and um, we got to know them. We got to know the journey into the industry, the challenges. We had some really awkward like conversations, but conversations that needed to be had, some hard conversations as well. Absolutely. And I feel like that was done in such a way that we got to, I won't say the bottom of things, but I think we got a little to the root of um, how people felt about certain things, what people thought should be changed, what they think that change should look like. And it didn't seem like um, just an empty or a hollow conversation, like some conversations I have heard on the topic. So that was something that I really appreciated um, about that and was so excited to be a part of. Yeah, I think we we had the right group of people who really want to see change and champion change in the industry. Um, and do you know what? After every session, I had this like feeling of like really good energy around me about, yeah, I, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to work with this lovely network of people that I've built up through meeting the panelists and people watching it to say, we're going to make changes in the industry. And this time next year, 
things will look a bit different. I know we're not going to do everything in a year or do everything in six months, whatever, but you just get a sense of the support system that's in place to help you. And to, you know, people want to see these changes too. You're not on your own and you're not crazy to think that you've been treated this way because of a certain way, but other people have experienced it too. That's what really I I got out of it is that I'm not on my own. Absolutely. Um, And it feels... Um, it's weird to say it feels good, but no, it's it's nice to know that it's not just you going through it. And so you have someone else that you can reach out to. You have a support network to be like, um, okay, listen, this is what's going on. You know, can you kind of help me navigate this? Um, and you also hear other people's stories of how they got over something or how they were able to work through something. And I think that's kind of good. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I loved. And you know, your story is amazing. And I love how you're in France now and you're teaching people. And like, I I'd lo- I would have loved one of my um, teachers to be you. Like, it would have been incredible. It would have been so much fun. So maybe if there's space on your next course, I might sneak in. <laughs> yes, we'll have to get you down well, in the post-COVID times. So we'll have to get yeah. you down to guest speak one time. Or, oh, that'd be amazing. Yeah, we'll definitely do that. Um, I just wanted to say one other thing about the color of wine that I also like too is that while we did talk about diversity and you know everyone told their stories we also showcased what we do when we did the pairing at the end and uh, um, really talking about wine the way each of us talks about wine we were able to show our expertise our individuality our heritage and I think that was a really good way to tie it in instead of just, okay, let's just talk about diversity, and instead of showcasing what it is that we do, like, let us be, we were diversity, instead of just talking about it, but yeah, we can go on and on about that, oh, yeah. <laughs> but I really want to talk about your big thing. The big thing for you is matching wine and spices. Yeah, so for years, I've gone to the wine aisle off you know, supermarkets around the UK specifically, but around the world. And you read the back of what of the wine label and it says pairs well with a creamy pasta dish or fish or prawns. It's very protein based. And when there are dishes on there, it's very Eurocentric. I'm my mum's Indian, my dad's Sri Lankan. I haven't grown up eating Eurocentric foods. Like I grew up in the UK and that's why I've got my influence from for Eurocentric food. But when I think of like my comfort foods are curries and rices and spiced meats and aubergines and, you know, things like that. And you never, I wouldn't know. I would feel so lost down a wine aisle thinking I'm having a curry tonight. I don't know what to pair it with. Um, and I think that's quite reflective of a lot of people in the UK, especially in the UK. Curries like our national dish is chicken tikka masala. So it's it's eaten a lot. It's eaten out a lot. It's eaten in the home a lot, um, especially during like lockdown. Right, we've all got a bit more. We've brushed up our culinary skills. We've got more a bit more creative in the kitchen, etc. So I think when you're when you're pairing wine with food, it can be the most like revolutionary experience for your mouth when you do it correctly. But when you don't even know where to start, if you're having say a chicken bolty and you don't know what wine to pair it with, it can ruin the meal, it can ruin the wine, it can really put you off a wine if you don't have the right food with it as well. Um, So I 
I am starting a, a research project into pairing wine with spice spices as opposed to meats or just general like styles. So whatever the dominant flavors are in a dish, whether it's a combination of spices, combination of spices and herbs, um, I want people to have the confidence to have like a guide that I'm going to build, hopefully in the next 12 months of pairing the right wine or the right, you know, being suggested the right wine to pair with those combinations. My husband, he's from Jamaica, and also we eat a lot of like Caribbean flavoured food as well, and we eat a lot of Indian food. And I know, I know just meeting them, they're completely different styles and tastes, and I would pair different wines with them too. Um, and they eat different vegetables to what I eat. Like I eat a lot, my mum's in the north of India, so we eat a lot more like cabbage and carrots and things, where Kyle, my husband, his family eat, a lot oh, I can't even think of an example but not more like plantain and um vegetables that grow more in the Caribbean so even pairing those they go differently with spice combinations which go differently with different wines um you know it's a perfect time to start building this guide I think because we've just got more and more into home cooking people have got buying wine more than ever before from the supermarket because they're not being able to go out so they want to have some confidence in that purchase and some knowledge in that purchase as well because you know wine's not cheap to buy even cheap wine isn't is not that cheap to buy if you look at the rest of your supermarket shop so yeah so that that's what that's what I want to do I want to build a wine and spice guide for the nation nations such a useful tool and like you said especially right now because of everything that is going on people are cooking at home and they're trying different combinations of things um, so for someone who doesn't know that much about uh, like spices and flavors and how just to use more spices, even before we get to the wine part, um, where is a good place to start? Oh, I'm going to be honest with you, Tanisha. I don't cook that much. I buy cookbooks and I read them like novels. Okay. I hate following recipes. I hate being told what to do. And this has been a trait of mine since I was born, apparently. Um, and I hate following recipes, but I read them to get inspiration for flavor combinations and things like that. And it, you know, it really depends on the type of cuisine you're cooking. So as I mentioned, my husband's Jamaican. So our, our what we cook at home is very much a mix of like Indian and Asian food and also like Jamaican food and then also English food and European food. And we love Italian, et cetera. Um, and I think what's unique, what, what hopefully will be unique about the guide I'm putting together, for example, I'd put turmeric, cumin, um, coriander. Um, I think I have to put in garam masala, which is a blend of various different spices. Cause otherwise if I don't say that my mum would kill me cause okay. I, I put it on, I eat it in everything. Smoked paprika. So you really get that like smoky flavor along with all the like sweetness of the paprika as well. I love that combination of the two as opposed to just paprika on its own. Um, what else would I put in? Probably just that and maybe a bit of chili powder. Just, you know, we need a bit of extra heat and something. I know you can't be here in Paris right now, but how about a virtual French wine tasting? Take a one hour tour de France with Girl Meets Glass and hear about current life in Paris as we talk about the famed wine regions of France and taste a few wines together. For purchase, visit the website www.girlmeetsglass.com and select Work with Girl Meets Glass. 
you know that this is something that is needed because I mean, food is, when you think about food and wine pairings, it's always something, I hate to say bland, but it's always something just very, oh, a chicken dish, a fish dish, but you do so much with chicken. Like take chicken, for instance, I mean, you roast it, you fry it, you bake it, you put lemon sauce on it or tomato sauce. All of those things make it different. And so the wine you repair would be different. So of course with spices and um, someone that eats heavily spiced food, their food would taste different. And so they would need a wine to pair with that. Exactly. And I think what this does is we're, we're all quite confident in the kitchen, right? Generally, we know what flavors we like. We know what, you know, methods of cooking we like when you get to creating those flavors and textures and things, but we're not confident in the wine aisle. As a, generally people, as a population, we're not confident in the wine aisle. So building guides like this, we know it just makes it a much more accessible space when you're in the supermarket. Because I'll, I'll have friends who aren't into wine, but like drinking it. And they'll just say, oh, we're having fish, so we'll have white wine and we're having steaks, so we'll have red wine. And that's as far as their knowledge goes. But once you start, once you give them a good matching um, and a good pairing and explain the flavors to them, they're, they're suddenly their mind explodes and, and they, they like it and they suddenly get an interest and gain an interest in, into the whole process behind the cooking method, but also the wine method as well. And I think it's just, it's a really good way to get people interested into what they're buying in the bottle beyond, I like, I like Merlot, you know. Um, so I just think if the more accessible space the wine aisle becomes, the more accessible the industry becomes. So I think just in general, the contrasting flavours, it was like eating a, a, like mum's pork curry yesterday was quite stewy it was very more my mum's anglo-indian so she's half english it's very more the anglo side but lots of like peppery garam masali flavors um and actual like and then the chablis just was a little bit too citrusy and refreshing for my liking um okay. to pair with it and i wouldn't you know it wasn't oak chablis as well so i thought it might be more depth it could just be the wrong chablis mm. um to pair with it because chablis comes in so many different notes but I think it was a bit too fruity too much like fresh apple and pear um and a little bit this one had quite a good like honey finish at the end which completely went in contrast with the peppery spiciness of the pork curry interesting so what would you try next time I think I might go red so part um just to because if you know you've got the pepperiness and things but not like a heavy red maybe like a pinot noir mm-hmm. um I feel I, I really like Pinot Noir and I feel like that pairs well with a lot of things in my life. Um, <laughs> Friday nights, but also lots of food. Um, it pairs well with life. It pairs, it pairs well, with well yeah. And it's also a really good red wine because people who don't like a heavy red generally like a Pinot Noir and people who do like red generally like a Pinot Noir as well. So um, it pairs quite well. But I also might try a Beaujolais because I think the Gamay grapes, are got, it's a nice... It's one that's not too heavy, but has a lot going on. But, you, you know, you, you could argue that point with me, but I'm quite a fan of Gamay. No, Gamay is an amazing grape that is very underrated. Yeah. And I think that's because of, for so long, people just associated it with Beaujolais Nouveau and yeah. not with, you know, Beaujolais Village or Cru Beaujolais or things like that. And um, I think they do themselves a disservice by doing that. Because yeah. 
Okay. But I think as well, it's subtle enough to pair with food very well, like in general. Um, but I think when you've got lots of flavors in a curry dish and you, you've got lots of spices fighting to be dominant, you don't have that in the gamay. You just have lots of subtle aromas in the gamay, but lots going on, but not, you've not got flavors, you know, you, you haven't got like a, the honey kick at the end or anything that the Chablis provides. Okay. When you are doing your pairings, like this one, you had the dish yeah. and then you were like, okay, let me pair the Chablis with this. Do you usually just um, eat whatever or cook whatever and then pair the wine? Or do you have a wine and you're like, hmm, let me make something that will go with this wine? Which one? Yes, um, I do both, to be honest, mm-hmm. um, because I'm currently living with my mother at the moment for the next two weeks. Um, in the week, she cooks and I then choose the wine. But in the weekend, I'll often, by the time it gets to Friday, I will go to the supermarket after work and I think, what do I fancy? And I start at the end of the supermarket in the wine aisle. And then I work myself back to the fresh bit and I choose my wine and I often see if there's anything new. Um, by this point, by the time I'm walking into the supermarket, I kind of know what I want, whether it's a Riesling or a Beaujolais or um, a Chenin Blanc. And then I think, what do I want to eat <laughs> with it afterwards? Um, and then I do it that way. But, I, you know, I, I, it's not that I can't do it the other way. It's just that that's how my brain works. And that's how my taste buds work. They look, they're wine forward and then food second. Okay, and that makes sense. Um, me, mine, I, it depends. Sometimes I have a taste for a certain wine and then I'll get that wine and then just kind of figure out what I want to eat later. And then there are other times I have a taste for a certain food. And then I'm like, okay, what wine should go with this food? So yeah, it depends. Yeah. Do you have a favorite wine and spice combination? Um, yeah, so I really like spinach in every single format. And there's a dish called Sagalu, which is spinach and potatoes. Um, and I think it works really well with um, a Sauvignon Blanc because uh, in New Zealand, Marlborough Sauvignon Blanc, because you've got lots of like ginger and mustard, but you've also got like the delicacy of the spinach and the potatoes, who are, which aren't really strong flavors, but they're more there for texture and things. Um, and you've got garlic and ginger and mustard seeds, chili, all together with onions and uh, potatoes and spinach. And it's lots of subtle flavors. And the Sauvignon Blanc almost like takes like, ties it all together in kind of a wave to take you through those flavors with it um I feel like I'm you know talking in a bit fantasy world about it and drooling a little bit but you know. <laughs> and also it's dinner time so and it that. is dinner time yeah but you know it's you've got that touch of like sweetness from a Sauvignon Blanc which adds to just like which brings a richness to the whole combination of the two um and a Sargalu isn't isn't super spice forward it's it's ginger it's garlic it's chili but even then chili is very subtle um so the Sauvignon Blanc just seems to complement that in so many different ways without overpowering any of those flavors and the food doesn't seem to overpower the wine either in that way too so that's probably one of my go-to's yeah just jump on the train and we'll do Sauvignon Blanc and a Sargalu night and you know if you get like a good New Zealand one you've got the fruity citrusy flavors and I think the citrusy flavor wine can complement a dish so well 
and we normally think like white citrusy wines and fish because that's just an obvious combination mm. but when you think about vegetables and ginger and you know lemon and ginger tea is like my go-to in the winter so why aren't we doing it with spices and wines as well and people don't think about um vegetables as much um they think like maybe salad like you compare a wine with a salad but yeah just vegetables no it's mostly fish meat chicken pasta pizza like that a burger and like that's the extent of um the pairings that you get things like exactly that. and if you look at the asian world especially the majority of india is vegetarian so most of the dishes are vegetable based um so that's why everything's spice forward as opposed to protein or meat forward We've talked about just spices that add more flavor, but then what about the spices that add heat? Is there like a wine overall that you use um, for those or that you favor for those? Or is that a little harder pairing wine to, um, I guess, complement or maybe tone down heat? Well, I think you'll probably know this from being an educator, but it's Riesling, right? We, we <laughs> Riesling in, in various different forms helps complements heat very well mm. I've not done as much research on this as I want to but I think there's more wines out there you know I would love to go over to India where vineyards are popping up now and I think they've got they've got 10 12 vineyards which are producing wine that's being exported around the world mm -hmm. um, and they must be eating hot spicy food with the wines they're making mm -hmm. and they're making an array of reds and whites rosés um, so Riesling if someone asked me and I had to give a question but there are combinations that I'm going I'm going to find spicy food with um spicy hot food I should say with wine that's not Riesling but I also think sometimes a Prosecco goes quite well with it if you you know if you are listening to this and you have any recommendations about spices with wines or even curries you've had with wines or wines you've had in Asia in the Caribbean in the Middle East I've gone really well with your dishes please just you know drop me a message or tweet me or dm me with those combinations and um, so I can start exploring it's going to be a fun 12 months don't get me wrong um but it's going to be a lot of work to do well thank you very much Mandy cool thank you for having me it's sure. been a pleasure thank you for listening to wine school dropout you can find more information and follow Mandy on Instagram at comewinewith underscore me or on Twitter at Mandy J. Mason. This podcast was produced by Studio Ochenta, hosted by me, Tanisha Townsend. Our executive producer is Lori Martinez. Our sound editor is Luis Raul Lopez Levi. Our theme was done by Gabriel Dalmaso. Music is by Makai Beats. Our art is by Tiffany DeLune. Follow us at Wine School Dropout on Instagram and check out ochintastudio.com for full transcripts of this and every episode of the show. See you next week. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweaters starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.